The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you ever question the important issues of today and try to find a sort of spiritual connection? Welcome to Religious Faith and the Public Square with Father John Holloman as your host. Religion deals with the most fundamental issues humans face. There are arguments for and against the existence of God, where religion belongs in everyday life and a number of questions left unanswered. This is where it all gets discovered. Now, here is Father John Holloman. Good day to you all who are listening in. Um, I'm happy to be with you. And... Since I'm new to the, uh, this is my maiden voyage, um, I thought I would give you a brief biographical background, but also a, t- a way of seeing how I think. I'm not trying to convince people of a particular um, proposition, but it's my idea to get you to think, to provoke you to think, perhaps give you a perspective you didn't have before so that you can do the thinking on your own. Um, I'm a native of Mobile, Alabama. Grew up there. And I was born and raised a Methodist. My mother was a devout Methodist till the day she died. My father had no use for religion whatsoever. Um, When I was in, I've always had an adventurous spirit. And so in high school, this expressed itself when I joined a scuba diving club. And one of my favorite memories from that was when we went several miles out in the Gulf of Mexico off of Port uh, Panama City, Florida, to dive on a coral reef, which was 90 feet down. And when I got there, I was absolutely blown away at the beautiful colors colors that I had never seen before on land. And um, the only way I've been able to describe them is psychedelic. Um, It was a cloudless day, the sun shining beautifully. And that made a great impression on me because um, I've learned since that there is a lot of beauty in this world, despite all of the horrendous things that go on. There's another beauty that we're not even aware of sometimes. And I'm not talking about just the ob- obvious um, venues for beauty, for such as the um, uh, painting art, um, sculpture, um, music, architecture. There is beauty there too. But there's also beauty in character. And um, I'll give you an example of that. Um, When I went through college, I was in Navy ROTC. When I graduated, I was commissioned in the Navy as a supply officer. 
and I was sent to a destroyer, DD-757, the Putnam. And we were down in Guantanamo Bay. This was um, in June of 63. Um, and we were down there for tra- training, but there came a crisis in, in Haiti. Papa Doc was running the show at the time. And there was threat of revolution from within Haiti and the threat from the Dominican Republic to invade from without. And the American government was very anxious to get the Americans out of there as, as quickly as possible. And so we put together a formation of amphib ships with about 5,000 Marines on them. And my, my ship was one of two destroyers sent to screen that formation. And we bobbed around out in the Gulf of Ganives outside of Port-au-Prince for about two weeks. Um, and our ship had been ordered to uh, be on gun um, wartime cruising, which meant all, one of our gun mounts had to be manned and loaded at all times. And <clears throat> we were also instructed to form a beach party, which had nothing to do with the party, but they, they would be prepared to hit the beach under fire. Uh, if need be, and the people who were assigned to this uh, beach party were um, listed in name on the bulletin board, and I was walking around the deck one afternoon, and one of the bosun mates came up to me. Uh, He was, um, he'd been in the Navy for nine years, but he was still an E3, which is what you are when you graduate from boot camp. He had been promoted three times to a third-class petty officer. Three times he'd been busted back again for uh, disorderly conduct on the beach. Um, he would get drunk and wild, and the shore patrol had trouble uh, arresting him. He was looked upon as someone who we might today call a loser, But he came walking up to me on the deck that day, and I guess he just needed somebody to talk to. And he said to me, you know, I know what people think of me, and I know why I've been uh, assigned to the beach party, uh, because I'm expendable. But you know, I think if I get on the beach, and there is a fight, and I get killed, at least I'll have done one good thing with my life. And that made a tremendous impression on me, a person that you wouldn't expect uh, to be um, thinking at that level. And uh, I think there are lots of people around that uh, you could say you can't read a book from the cover, but... um, that's why it takes time to get to know people. But there's unexpected points of light, to use George Bush's expression, um, in, in beautiful aspects of people's character that otherwise we wouldn't have known had there not been some uh, strenuous reason for it to come out. Um, and I think beauty is an important aspect of the spiritual experience. Um, I think it's a true gift to make us appreciate 
whatever we deem to be beautiful, um, the reality of it. Now, we all know that um, religion in this country today is, is sort of uh, getting a bad press. And there are those who would like to minimize, if not uh, delete altogether, any religious voice in the common issues that um, we all have to deal with. It's my feeling that um, we sell ourselves short, um, that, that we have to deal with some of the most basic issues in human life, and a religious perspective can cast light on that. Um, I'll talk more about that coming up, but I will give you a couple of examples. The uh, Health and Human Services mandate for everyone who had uh, employees um, were required to have insurance that would pay for uh, contraceptives and even abortion. And uh, this created a great brouhaha and um, people think that the church is being arbitrary by the way, I'm now a Catholic priest, retired, and um, how I got there is a story in itself. Um, maybe it'll come out with time. Uh, but um, the Christian tradition at, at its best has had some 2,000 years to um, digest and mull over uh, these issues and at the same time to try to remain faithful to our Lord. Um, so the, the Supreme Court finally just said, we don't want to bother with the issue, send it back to the lower courts. In the meantime, the Attorney General, the current Attorney General, uh, has changed the mandate to where um, Catholics can live with it. There's another example um, in the civil rights era, 60s, late 50s, early 60s. Um, the Southern Poverty Law Center in, in Montgomery, Alabama, made a great reputation for itself, um, suing the Ku Klux Klan and people like that um, to be the legal arm of the civil rights struggle. And they acquired a well-founded reputation. But nowadays they seem to be, uh, they started a hate map listing organizations and where they're located who could be considered hate groups. And a, a lot of, um, not just Catholic, but Christian organizations who have been around for a long time, who may have a conservative uh, view of things but have never been known for violence, are being put on the hate list. Some of them are suing back for slander, but um, the point is that um, 
I think the religious perspective have a, has a right, um, a valid points to make, and shouldn't just be d- dismissed out of hand. Um, I'm I'm going to be talking about um, the value of human life, which seems um, itself to be under attack nowadays, not just in the obvious debates about um, contraception and abortion and euthanasia, but also um, the mass shootings that keep cropping up uh, ever more frequently. Uh, it's, it's quite clear that people do not value human life very much. And even in the day-to-day local news about shootings and drive-bys and all that stuff, um, there is no respect for human life. And I hope to be talking about that um, when we come back from the break, that it's important to understand why Christianity has taken the uh, point of view that it has um, concerning human life and allowing it to um, at least be entertained as a possible um, antidote to uh, the, the culture of death, which is all around us in more ways than one. So I will be uh, dealing with that topic when we come back. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com As a Catholic or non-Catholic, would you be interested in knowing more about the faith? We have a large selection of books in various categories from apologetics to spirituality. CDs and DVDs are also available, as well as handcrafted rosaries. In short, we are a resource for seekers. If we do not have what you are looking for, give us a call and we will try to find it for you. Visit DefendingTheCatholicFaith.com to find out more or call us at 251-317-3977. That's DefendingTheCatholicFaith.com. Are you satisfied with your life? Do you know that more should be possible? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the creators of Access, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here. Our program offers pragmatic tools to change things in your life that you haven't been able to change until now. What if all of life could come to you with ease, joy, and glory? Tune in to Access Consciousness Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Who are you, really? Are you the person you want to be, or are you the person that others want you to be? Think about that. We don't always recognize our gifts and potential because we stick to old methods of being and do what others in our lives tell us. It's time to break through. Listen for Rediscovering the Magic of Being with Marja. Each program connects you back to whom you were meant to be every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. 
Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Tune into Religious Faith and the Public Square with Father John Holloman. To reach the program today, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to defendingcatholicfaith at gmail.com. Now, back to Religious Faith and the Public Square. Hello, good to be back. I thought uh, I would add a, another segment of the, the biograph, biographical material before I get started on uh, the importance of life. Um, initially, I went to college at Georgia Tech as a chemistry major. I had a high school chemistry teacher who got me fired up on the subject. But by the end of my sophomore year, I um, realized that chemistry was not going to be in my future. So at that point, I transferred to Tulane in New Orleans and um, majored in, changed my major to mathematics and with a minor in philosophy and enjoyed both of them immensely. Um, that's when I realized I was a liberal arts type, not a techie type. Um, as I said before, when I graduated, I went into the Navy and got to see not just the Caribbean, but the Mediterranean. And when I was about to get out of the Navy, I was due to be discharged, I called up the Bureau of Personnel in Washington and said, I'll sign anything you want me to sign, I'll do anything you want me to do, just send me to Vietnam. Now, this was in June of 64. And uh, he shuffled papers for a minute, then he came back and said, we don't have anything available over there. How would you like to go to retail sales school in Brooklyn? I said, no, thank you. And I've often looked back on that moment as, as a decisive one in which the Lord told me that um, he had other ideas for me. Um, two months after that was the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Um, we all could see what was coming, and I thought that it was important that I be a part of that if I was going to make a career of the Navy. But since that wasn't it, um, I think the Lord, I don't, I don't believe in coincidences anymore. Um, so... I, uh, my senior year at Tulane, I became Episcopalian thanks to the chapel on the campus there. And when I got back from the Navy, I went to see the bishop about going to seminary, which he did. He sent me to General Theological Seminary in New York City. And that, too, was providential because I became involved with uh, what's known as the High Church or Anglo-Catholic movement within Anglicanism. Um, and after seminary, I was assigned to Shreveport, Louisiana, 
And from there, I went to back to New Orleans to be a part-time priest in the parish while I did my MA in philosophy part-time. And from there, I went off to Oxford in England to do a graduate degree in theology. And when I got back to this country, I was beginning to have some serious doubts about um, the ability of the Episcopal Church to cope with some profound theological issues. To make a long story short, um, I ended up um, resigning my orders in the Episcopal Church um, and was received into the Catholic Church. I was received by Archbishop Hannon in New Orleans, and he sent me to Rome to do a, a, another graduate degree in theology by way of retread. And I was in Rome uh, when uh, Pope John and Paul II got shot. I wasn't on the scene, I was just in the city. Um, when I came back to this country, I received several assignments in New Orleans. And <coughs> eventually, I had spent a lot of time in Chicago as an Episcopalian, and I, I really loved the city and wanted to go back. The Archbishop was kindly allowed me to go back, uh, but that turned out to be not a good idea. So I ended up back in New Orleans, and Archbishop Hannon was retiring, and I had a new Archbishop, uh, a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph, and we got along like oil and water. And so I ended up um, taking a um, leave of absence for a while. And when I came back, I decided to uh, transfer back to Mobile, which is my hometown. And I've been in that archdiocese ever since. And... Um, I finally feel like I found my spiritual home. Um, <clears throat> be that as it may, <clears throat> um, why is human life important? Not because we think so. We have our own selfish interests, of course. But why does the church insist that this principle carries over into issues like contraception, um, abortion, and euthanasia. Let's go back and take a look at the Roman Empire. The time of our Lord, life in the Roman Empire was short. Usually, uh, average life expectancy was about 30 years. And the reason for that was obvious enough. They, they knew very little about medicine. Um, wars were rampant. Plagues were rampant. Um, famines were rampant. And um, it, it's, it was... Um, Life was considered to be brutal. 
And in fact, it was a part of child raising in the Roman Empire to punish your children, not because they had done something wrong, but because it was a part of preparing them, uh, teaching them to go out into a brutal world uh, in which um, you would be expected to survive in the midst of uh, decidedly unfair circumstances. Um, this carried over into the famous games at the arena. Everybody's heard about the Colosseum in Rome. Um, by the way, the word arena is a Latin word meaning sand because they would spread sand all over the um, bottom of the playing field uh, to soak up the blood. When the um, gladiators hacked away at each other, or when they had to deal with uh, fighting wild beasts, there was a lot of blood left around. It was literally a blood sport. And um, Christians were forbidden to attend those games. Now, once you're being baptized, um, you were considered to be um, a sin to attend those games. You might wonder why, because it's like being, uh, to the average Roman mentality, it'd be like telling us that we couldn't attend the Super Bowl um, or the Iron Bowl or anything like that that would, which uh, pits athletes against each other, hopefully in a non-fatal way. Um it was a, a, a big challenge to a convert. Um, this takes us back to our Lord himself. The incarnation, God becoming man, was undoubtedly the biggest compliment that could ever have been paid to the human race. By becoming one of us to show us that it didn't have to be the way we were living, that there was a much better way. Um, shows that God considered us to be redeemable. We were worth salvaging. And he went to a great deal of trouble to show us that we didn't have to live a life that was brutal, that we didn't have to... Um, think that um, eye for an eye was the norm and that uh, being cruelty was the norm, that there was a much better way to live. And I think that's why the early Christians were so enthusiastic about their faith, because they never experienced anything like it. Um, that... Even though it would be costly, um, recognizing him as indeed the Son of God, which is still an issue with many people, uh, was a key to saying, God thinks we're worth it. God puts a high value on human life. 
And certainly we don't, the way we carry on, we don't earn that. We don't seem to uh, believe it. But um, that is why if you attended those games in the arena, you were giving uh, a stamp of approval, as it were, to that whole approach to life. And it wasn't just because Christians would not worship the emperor, which was another way of saying worship the state as an end in itself, um, but because they these strange people would not go to the uh, arena games, which any Roman city of any size that had the financial wherewithal had had built one just for the games, like the ones in the Colosseum. Um, <clears throat> so this is why. It all depends upon seeing that Jesus is who he claimed to be. And even when St. Peter made that famous uh, affirmation of faith, we have come to know and to believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God. The first thing Jesus said to him was, no man has told you this. This is something that comes only from my Father. In other words, it's a question of faith. And faith is not always a calculated thing. Uh, it comes about from um, life experiences. And I have been privileged enough over the years to know some people whose faith made such a big difference in their lives that they were able to convey to me the joy of the Christian message. All too often we think of it as being a set of rules of do's and don'ts. But that's missing the point. Jesus said, I am come that you may have life and have it abundantly. That you may know the kind of joy that I know. Which often doesn't make sense in human terms. Because we're so preoccupied with all that's bad that's going on. Um, but that's the bottom line of of the Christian faith, the approach to things. Um, joy is the bottom line. And uh, that brings us up to another break. And I'll let you go at that point. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com As a Catholic or non-Catholic, would you be interested in knowing more about the faith? We have a large selection of books in various categories from apologetics to spirituality. CDs and DVDs are also available, as well as handcrafted rosaries. In short, we are a resource for seekers. If we do not have what you are looking for, give us a call and we will try to find it for you. Visit DefendingTheCatholicFaith.com to find out more or call us at 251-317-3977. That's DefendingTheCatholicFaith.com. The White House doctor makes house calls. 
Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to transform your life. Start by tuning in to The Glenise Show with Glenise Hughes. Glenise combines business, relationships, wealth, life, and a whole lot of magic to create abundance and prosperity in every part of your life. It's all done through straight and often frank discussions in the best way that Glenise knows how. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Master your life with The Glenise Show. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned into Religious Faith and the Public Square with Father John Holloman. To reach the program today, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to defendingcatholicfaith at gmail.com. Now, back to Religious Faith and the Public Square. Hello, back again. A question that people often ask me. Um, why did you become Catholic? And in a word, authority. Now, I know that um, that's a dirty word for a lot of Americans. It's associated with arbitrary um, imposition of one's will on other people. But uh, I think that's because most Americans don't seem to understand that there is a difference between authoritative and authoritarian. Um, If you wanted to ask questions about football, you wouldn't hesitate to ask somebody like Bear Bryant um, because he had established himself as an authority on football by his team's um, stats. Um. Jesus himself referred to the scribes and Pharisees as authoritarian. They're the ones we associate with um, bad authority uh, because they lay burdens on people that they themselves were not willing to assume. Um, They were authoritarian. And the difference between authoritative and authoritarian is, is... a crucial distinction. Um, I found um, when I first became Catholic, people were saying, how can you tolerate papal infallibility? Sounds like that authoritarian thing again. And I said, a lot easier than I can tolerate the infallibility of every individual believer, which is what I found myself in in Protestantism. Um, the church has dealt with these issues for 2,000 years and it hasn't come up with these answers lightly. Uh, It's had plenty of time and experience 
in dealing with the things that the church teaches. And while one may um, disagree with it uh, on specific points, one has to be aware that you just might be disagreeing with Jesus himself. Because he said, I will send you the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. That too is a precept of faith. Um, and faith, like anything else humans do, can be um, messed up to become authoritarian. Um, but that's not what our Lord was about. Um, throughout his passion, he remained basically silent. He didn't whine, why me? He didn't rail against his persecutors uh, because of the injustice of what they were doing. He simply said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And it was, I think he was the one who was truly in charge there, not them. They thought they were in charge because they could uh, uh, convict him and sentence him to death. But um, he didn't do the sort of things that most humans would do in those circumstances. And I think that shows that um, being meek does not mean being a rubber mat for people to walk all over. Jesus did not protest. He did not complain. He did not rail. But th that's all the more remarkable because that's all the stuff that we would do. And I think in um, this business of faith, I've discovered that um, everything boils down to faith. Now, we think that mathematics, for example, is primary example of um, certainty. But that's not true. I'll never forget one graduate math course I was in. Professor spent the entire period, all 50 minutes, filling three blackboards with the proof that one plus zero equals one. And when he finished, he turned around and said, now this is an exceptional case. Um, the number zero, this is the null set, the empty set. There's no other number like it because it represents nothing. And if you try to do it, it is mathematically impossible to prove that one plus one equals two. Now, we use it to build bridges with it. We use it to send people to the moon with it. But we cannot prove that addition is a viable operation. And ultimately, um, everything comes down to some basic assumptions. If you remember your highest geometry from high school, every theorem that you were asked to prove, you were given some 
axioms and postulates, things that you could take for granted and use them in part of your reasoning process. Um, Bertrand Russell and Alfred North Whitehead, both British mathematicians who ended up becoming philosophers, uh, came out with um, Principia Mathematica, the principle of mathematics, uh, in the early, early part of the 20th century. And they came to the conclusion after at the end of this book that in order to keep mathematics from um, collapsing into absurdity, you could not allow a set to be a member of itself. Now, if you have a set of all chairs in a room, you've got a collection of chairs. But a set of all sets is itself a set, therefore a member of itself. The moment you allow that to happen, the whole of mathematics becomes um, incomprehensible. And you just... Um, in other words, there's... It's an arbitrary, not a totally arbitrary assumption, but you just cannot allow a set to become a member of itself. So, faith is at work in everything we do. And um, it's a question of how adequate our faith is going to be. Trying to get it to be... Um, not ending in absurdity or ending in authoritarian, you will accept this because I say so. It has to be because we recognize deep down that something very important is going on here. That's why I think uh, religious faith has a role to play um, in uh, the public square that we have a contribution to make that's worthwhile. And simply dismissing us because we don't agree with some of the uh, common assumptions of our modern secular society, um, I think is short-sighted and superficial. Um, next week I'm going to have a guest on the show um, Father George Rutler. Uh, we ended up as seminarians together in New York, and lo and behold, when we became both of us became Catholic, we ended up in Rome together. So we we go back a few years. He's going to be with us next week, and um, he's a very astute uh, person who I think will be able to flesh this out in much greater detail. So I look forward to having him on the show. And um, thank you for listening. Hope you'll be back with us next week. Over and out. Thank you for tuning in to Religious Faith and the Public Square. Please join Father John Holloman again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you have a very good week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As a Catholic or non-Catholic, would you be interested in knowing more about the faith? We have a large selection of books in various categories from apologetics to spirituality. CDs and DVDs are also available, as well as handcrafted rosaries. In short, we are a resource for seekers. If we do not have what you are looking for, give us a call and we will try to find it for you. Visit DefendingTheCatholicFaith.com to find out more or call us at 251-317-3977. That's DefendingTheCatholicFaith.com. 